Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We would like to take this opportunity to honor the traditional custodians of the land this podcast is being recorded on, the Kich, Tongva, and Shumash people. And we would like to pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Salad or Dali, through a great party, we all drank Bacardi, it got kind of gnarly. We're light as a feather, we're tougher than leather. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together. Hello. Hello there. Hi. Fancy seeing you here. Yeah, at our new round table. Uh, we got to start meeting like this. I know. So uh, it's been a fab week. Little under the weather. Everyone's a bit, everyone's in a bit of like, I know I don't have COVID, but do I have allergies or am I sick or am I sniffling? Am I, you know? Yeah. Everyone's kind of, I have a fancy friend who went to Aspen to avoid allergy season. That That's some fancy bullshit. Yeah. That's some like, if you have to go to Aspen every time you get hay fever. You're then, lucky. Yeah, you're lucky. That's I don't know right. if I've ever been to Aspen. I've certainly never been as a localized remedy for the sniffles. It sounds clean and it sounds like it'll do the trick. Actually, I do remember that I went somewhere during hay fever season and I was like ridiculously amazed at how relieved I was oh, by being in mountain air. Let's do that. People usually come to California for their health, and but this time, this time of year, the, yeah, it just got hot and all the flowers exploded but i'm into you gotta have goals you know and i'm really into the aspirational image of jet setting to totally being driven by my hay fever yeah sentence. let's do yeah, it yeah yeah let's get that rich okay <laughs> so um we had a great few days over yeah the we weekend. did it's been creative i don't know if it's this freeze week or something. la's vibing there's been a lot of parties and i'm i'm party hopping like never before. Really? Never before? I think. Wow. I was going to say, like, it's a throwback to a party hopping style that maybe we haven't touched since our 20s. I think but I you're didn't, saying, like, I wasn't, never before. Well, I wasn't aware back in my 20s if I was party hopping because I was just sort of, you know, very, you know, I'm an ethereal, ethereal type of person. You are. You're, you're, you're one of the fae people. I'm a fae. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> isn't that an Irish word for fairy kind of, right? Yeah. It? yeah or yeah. it could mean gay. But yeah, maybe that's fae, why yeah, fairy, light in your fae, yeah. fairy, fairy. I'm both. I'm a fairy and a fairy. <laughs> but um, so I think I did hobnob back then. But I, I'm now that I'm an aware human being as I have become an adult. I'm aware of the hobnobbing. Right, because you're also acutely aware of how emotionally draining it can be when it all goes awry. I guess. Did yeah. it go awry? No, not at all. That's the thing. That's why you're in such gratitude. I am. I am. So what did we do? Tell me first. So Thursday night. Remind me. We were at Tatiana's. That was so good. So this is, you give, give us give us the give us the spiel on this one. Oh, man. <laughs> how do you sum up Tatiana? Tatiana von Furstenberg, she's one of a kind. She's this beautiful, she's such a, a big heart she she adopts dogs and she has fostered children and she's just a good egg she has a friend of ours Anthony Langdon who's in a famous band Space Hog yeah 
and he is her his girl Friday, her girl Friday. At the moment, we arrive. He's he, dressed. He's man, her man. Friday. Wait, his man. Yeah, he's okay, the man. Okay, okay. Yeah, but he's her man. Yeah, he's her man. He he's he's working with her. But so uh, Tatiana is an absurdist. She's a good person, but she's one of the smartest people I know, and one of the most absurd people I know. And so he was dressed as a chef, and he was m- serving amazing food. But also sometimes he's her chauffeur, and he will dress like a chauffeur. And it sounds sort of strange role play, and it probably is because she's she's just funny like that. Well, well. Also, a little background on Tatiana and your relationship. If there are any hardcore Ioni Sky train spotters, they may be aware that there was once an article in the Huff Post oh. that you wrote, oh, entitled yes. "Royalty in L.A." Tatiana von Furstenberg with the uh, the, the tagline. Nowadays, it's considered crass to flaunt a royal title. So who's expected to know that there is a princess living in Las Villas, Tatiana von Furstenberg? And this is a, I love this article. Can I put this in the show notes for people? Sure, sure. Okay. Anyway, it's back the to only birthday. It's the only article I've ever written for um, a legit, you know, mag, well, you'd, paper. You, you killed it with it. Where was there to go after that? I know. Quit so, on top. Yeah, she's a princess among us. But any, yeah, she's very <laughs> funny. And so we had this, so she she recently got Bell's palsy, um, and but it's sort of gone away. And so the night ended with her, we sang Happy Birthday, and Ben and Lem J were playing it live in her beautiful, she has a few houses. This is one of her houses. It's great. Um, and then she took the mic. She sort of sang happy birthday to herself, which is very her. And we all sang along. And then she said, someone passed me a chair. And she sang, she's like a sort of great improv person. She can do comedic improv like the best, like the, you know, as good as the UCB groundlings people, but her forte is to sing the improv. So she called out for a suggestion? Yeah, like as improv people do, they call out, you know, give me an idea. And I think Tara Subkoff called out, what was it, showing up? Showing up for yourself or something. And it was all this song about, I don't want to go to your house anymore. And it was the title, I think, was Bell's Palsy. That's incredible. Well, happy birthday, Tatiana. That was an excellent evening. It was we got, so nice. Yeah. Seeing old friends. And-, and then the next day we went to lunch with Amy, Amal and the Sniffers, and John, her partner at Lil Dom's. Yep. In Las Feliz. Had, I had a breakfast pizza. I know. I was worried because Australia is known to have great Italian food because there's- Especially a, Melbourne, where these guys are, yeah. Yeah, there's Italians and Greeks and people from all over love to come to Australia, but the food consequently- very good. So I was a little worried. They wanted to go to El Coyote, but it was a bit far. But they they really liked it. We got a booth. And wasn't it great? We it sat so, there holding court. It's so fun. I mean, we've talked about this before, but in this era of making kind of internet friends too, yeah. when you then ground those in real life and get to know people, because everyone sort of got naturally got kind of personas and especially performers too. But the, um, yeah, getting to know those guys on this trip has been really amazing and really just smart, creative couple who, I mean, I guess it's kind of like the space we're in too of just finding some inspiration and comfort in other couples that are like not not holding the vision of that you have to be creative all on your own and be isolated and stuff. It's really inspiring. Yeah, and being next to a woman, I'm I'm funny. I have old female friends, but I'm I'm not um, 
it's like I get nervous to become close to women. I've always felt, maybe because I grew up with a brother, sort of this ease with male friends. But I felt a very, a very like a camaraderie with Amy, who we had lunch with, and it felt nice. Yeah, that was awesome. And then, so then that night, we tried to uh, get them out. They didn't make it, but we went to Tara Subkoff's art opening, which was at a place called The Hole on La Brea. And it was a performance art piece called What is Coming is Going. And I always, you always know that Tara Subkoff is going to do an interesting show. She did a, a clothing line that was a happening called Imitation of Christ. And Chloe Sevigny used to, their good friends used to model. And they, I thought Chloe Sevigny also did Imitation of Christ. Some, some had some involvement some in it. Going. And Tara's also quite an absurdist. I, I met Tara through Amanda Decadene. Oh, really? I'll never yeah. forget. And she's this very stylish, absurd. She always looks like she's about to laugh. She's very fun. And she had. We, we went to a birthday party she had a few years ago at the Chateau Marmont, where they only served potatoes. That was a. It was a conceptual b- birthday party piece of performance art, trying to worldwide poverty and how many people live on potatoes alone. Yeah, it so was everything sort of, she does has like immense something. thought and conceptual. Yeah, and this I think she loves. I think she, so. She's been working with or some Tibetan monks for years. I think her family do this, and so she had a her little girl was had a little ballet troupe in one room, which was adorable. And then there was modern dancers and then some singers. And I think it was a meditation on death and, and being. And it was ego And there was ego, Jamie King ego in the death. middle dying on a flower bed. Yeah. So I think it was about ego death. And Jamie King represented someone who was going through ego death. So she was walking in this character throughout. And, and Tar was wearing, what's it called when you're not speaking in Shavasana? No. no wait, wait, wait. Um, Vipassana? when you go through a non-speaking... Oh, yeah, like a silent retreat? Yeah. yeah. Vipassana? V- yeah, Vipassana meditation. So is. she was yeah. wearing a sign that said, no talking. And then you were like, Tara, this is great. And I went, shh, and to, like as a joke to but you. But I, I loved it because it was... The thing about performance art is I think the world actually needs it. It is so fundamentally does not contribute or take away from the GDP. It's something that people do just to create an atmosphere and make you think and challenge social norms and change the energy of spaces. And I'm always just blown away when I don't see enough performance art, but I think the world needs more of it because we need to be shaken up. Yeah, for sure. And you said um, it reminded you of like Allen Ginsberg used to uh, bring in sort of spiritual stuff with into the art world, art world and-, and stuff. And for me, it was a little healing because I've turned my back on any spiritual groups uh, for myself because I was turned off by them. What if? What if our? And this was a kind of nice. I'm not. What if we got back into cults through Tara Subkoff's performance art piece? That would be a turn of events. But how? I mean, Tara, how amazing is she that like? She has an idea and then she executes That's it. That's it. The world needs more people like that. She really can make it happen. And I love, I saw, had a very momentary warm hug with Rufus Wainwright, who oh, I haven't seen for years. I was super starstruck. Oh, you've never met him before? I, it, it almost ruined my night because I saw Rufus Wainwright and you said hi. And then uh, the whole night I just wanted to, it was distracting me from watching <laughs> the show because I was like, where is Rufus? I was telling you a story about when me and Rufus toured, we did a few tours together and on one of the tours when we were both young and 
Just talk about ego deaths. Big death. egos. I no mean, ego death. Between me and Rufus Wainwright in our 20s, those were some egos, let me tell you. And uh, and I remember we uh, exchanged books one day on tour. We gave each other a book and I gave him The Holographic Universe, which is a, a quantum physics sort of consciousness, spirituality type book. And he gave me a book on brutalist architecture and hotels or something. And I was like, this is two, two egoic young men trying to out-pretentious each other. It was a pretentious dance-off. <laughs> it was, it was, and we both lost. <laughs> or um, won. Yeah, we both won, exactly. That's <laughs> that's the positive way to look at it. But that was beautiful. And then last night we went to go see our friend Lou Barlow oh, in, yeah. at Permanent Records. Uh, Lou, I first met when I opened for Sebado in the 90s. It was like 90, probably 94 or 96. And then we've you know, had cross paths many times over the years. And now Lou and his wife Adele do a podcast, Raw Impressions, on the Weirder Together yeah. network. And uh, that was a that was a super fun show. I'd never been to a show that's like a record store and they make it into a little theater. It was and, good. It yeah. was almost became like a double date with Mark Nishida, uh, yeah. impromptu double date because we ended up at the same kind of little table. Yeah, Mark was there, and that was and um, Casey, who's Busy Phillips's producer, who they do their podcast together. They just had Lou on and Imad Wasif, who plays in the Yeah Yeah Yeahs. He was there and Jenny Ellescu, and it was just it was beautiful. Those songs, I have so many. I mean, I think Lou Barlow playing acoustic songs taps into like every ounce of teenage pain that is still stored in my uh, in my fascia. Yeah. Is that what you say? It's stored in my fascia. Needs and, and that show was like a, a, a deep, drunken release. So that was really, <laughs> that nice. was really cool. <laughs> so this week, hey, it's special app. We got some guests here. Yeah. So we had this chat the other day. This is Lou Barlow and Adele Barlow. This was a great chat. It was so fun because it was the first time the four of us hanging out in person. And they, as I said, they do the Roy Impressions podcast and they're in LA for Lou to do some shows this week. And we were so excited to get together in person and have them here. So, uh, Baby, I like it raw. Yeah, you do. Roy you know Impressions. That song? That's right. Of course I do. Shimmy, shimmy, ya, baby. Shimmy, shimmy, ya, shimmy, ya, shimmy, yay. And so let's throw to this chat we had the other day with Lou and Adele Barlow. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together. Hey guys. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us. California, baby. Oh, yeah. from, from Massachusetts. This trip to LA, as an avid listener of the Royal Impressions podcast, Thank this you. trip has been building up in intensity. There's been a lot of emotion around it. As a listener, it's like I've been excited. How is the trip going? <laughs> Well, you have, you have some allergies. That's ruined it. The LA pollen has come out. It's actually been a very intense trip for yeah. a lot of reasons. We are staying at an Airbnb in Glendale, which okay. is the last place we lived. And oh, yeah. It's like around the block or around the corner from yeah. our old little rental. And uh, I have so many emotions about it. It's hard to, if I start to try to talk about it, I won't be able, be able to articulate it as I'm not articulating it now. But it's been emotional and it's been sort of a uh, um <laughs> there might be some tears yeah um, but yeah. I, I there seems to be some challenges that are coming with us to this trip because we mm. want to step into la and go right back into this life sure, that we have yeah. because we do have so many amazing memories of living here and i think adele and i we felt that we left california a little prematurely to be honest and when we come back we want to just yeah again live this as this as 
we've had a lot of turmoil when, yeah. we, when we got together here. And uh, so we want to we want to come back and really embrace it. And it's just kind of been funny on this trip because Adele came sick and then, uh, you know, we've got kids with us and, yeah. we, want, and we have, uh, I don't know, and we're just seeing, and we are in this the neighborhood that we lived in last. So, it's, so it feels very emotional. I know you can't like taking trips, places that you want it to be a certain way that you've lived there before. It's really... Some, it's like funny, the trips that actually work versus the ones that you... And you can't anticipate. I just went to New York and I, I'm, I used to live in New York and it was it took the life out of me for some un, for some reason. But New York was beautiful and giving a lot of, you know, visual... Like I was loving it on one hand, but for some reason I went through hell and back. Mm. Had well, no... Yeah. I didn't know I was going to. Yeah. and And it was just like... You know, but you don't know. And then when you're in it, especially if you throw kids, I had my kid who was there and then I brought Goldie and it was like a huge thing. But I didn't, I knew, actually, maybe I did know it was going to I think be. we've like yeah. also, but we, you don't know. I but I may, I'm just Ioni. saying maybe like uh, give, have patience and like the fourth time you come, it'll be like a, like life is long. Maybe. Yeah, and you need a lot of like self parenting to go through, to reapproach places where there might be trauma or anything. Yeah. And so it's hard sometimes to balance self-parenting with parenting like, humans. Yeah, so wanting maybe. it to be the magic or whatever that you kind yeah. of, you know, because it is there. I think it can be that again, but sometimes it takes a couple tries or something. I don't know. How are you yeah. feeling? What are you it's, feeling, Adele, about it? A Let's lot of see. those same things. It's very bittersweet. Um, like, yeah, on the one hand, I feel this um, familiar calm when I look around like I really really feel good in this environment I like the visual of Los Angeles a lot it really speaks to my heart and it was a big change for me because I grew up in Minnesota in St. Paul and then I had no idea I was going to live in Los Angeles and so it wasn't something I'd really wanted to have in my life but when I got there it was it was something I realized I needed and um so being back in it is comforting. It's really comforting. But then, like I said, it's also bittersweet because it's fleeting. It's just for a couple of weeks and then it's gone again. Do you guys find like artistically, because you're both artists and I think this is a, this is one of the areas that sort of brought us together being, you know, married couples who are both artists and mm -hmm. trying to find yeah. the way in parents. Do you find the energies of different places affect your creativity? Oh, hundred percent. Yes. I mean, for me, um, I'm a knitwear designer and I went to school on downtown Los Angeles at FITM. And I was really inspired by the desert out here. I loved designing knitwear inspired by succulents and the colors and the textures and the trees. And I really loved it. And then we moved to Massachusetts and I had to kind of, I don't know, rethink everything and everything was just darker, black, gray, cream, like really simple, not as textured. You know, it's an understated look. People are more understated even if they have money or art artistic. It's a just a different vibe. Mm. Here more people are more colorful and flamboyant and so I do I do miss that color. It is so fascinating. Even writers, like if you think of like Southern writers, I like, or even South American writers, I think like the, the like warm weather or a slower pace affects people. Or sometimes Southern writers seem surreal for some reason, or I don't know. And like, 
talking about like my mom has a place in Oregon we would go to Portland and I'd always feel more intellectual I'm sure in Minnesota as well like I feel like reading books and like I you know in LA it's like it keeps you inside no it's so true you go more internal and I think there is yeah exactly it's like you kind of picture like a cozy fireplace you know like maybe a furry blanket you're reading you know you're drinking whiskey it's like these just darker cozier things you know and affects your art and it does you know and here i'm like white wine and sandals and you know (laughs) what about you hun my feelings about it are so complicated i mean i had a i had a hard time in la it was a very humbling experience i loved it and and the city itself is kind of what saved me and got me through a lot of really hard times because I really began, I came under very, very tumultuous, chaotic circumstances, and then my life kind of took form out of that. And creatively, I was always very, very intimidated by being here because it, there is such a concentration of incredibly talented people. I mean, even people that I knew from Boston would come here. I knew, and so I felt very intimidated. And it was something that I never, I don't think I ever really got a hold of while I lived here. And when I moved back to Massachusetts, I kind of had this creative renaissance also because Adele and I got together and there was a great, a lot of freedom that Adele gave me, like personally. And of course that leads to creative freedom as well. But we only had two years here. (laughs) And I had finally, I had set up a little recording thing in our little garage in Glendale and started to write. And then, um, uh, Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you. Very vulnerable oh sharing <laughs> with, okay. need, with a need, with an actually, Uber I need, Eats order. I need a, I need a t- t- uh, to take a Goldie. Bro- can you order some bro- tissues, please? Too? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so LA. When I, Let's order some things to be delivered. Anything from the dispensary while we're on <laughs> outside. Um, yeah, but I think when we we got. Going back to Massachusetts was actually a very, um, was uh, it was back to, I mean, where I'm from. And although it was a very sad and again, humbling experience, uh, I did have a real like creative renaissance. And, and it kind of had to do with uh, the beauty here is so out there, whereas the beauty in Massachusetts is inside for me. And it's like our life together. And especially like the podcast has been a, a great gift for us. Because it's really it's 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 brought our creative lives together in this and but we don't leave the house. I don't leave the house, yeah. and I really, and I've just I just write and edit and and I'm writing songs more and uh, I kind of found that when I got back to Massachusetts is that I went inward to find my place and then when I walked around and then where I lived like I'm not engaged with anyone outside of our house. You know I'm not. Whereas in LA, I did have friends. And when I did, I did see people who were creative and I did feel the creativity of the city, but I found it really intimidating. Mm. Yeah, it's really, um, we, you know, we spent a year in Australia in 2021 and it was the first time we've done that as a family. First time I've lived there for any length of time since I was 18. And it was really good for us to remove ourselves from the rat race mm-hmm. of LA for a moment because you don't even realize how you know, you're driving down Sunset and the billboards, like, you know, people who worked on this and yeah. did the music for that. And yeah. there's, and, and you, you don't realize you get locked in this comparison thing with your careers. And mm. in Australia, people are much less career driven. Oh. And that's amazing. Like, mm-hmm. but we did feel coming back that we had missed 
I miss the type of creativity that people have here where it's like life and death to them. Their mm. projects are... They can't stop thinking about them. Mm-hmm. Rightly or wrongly, they define their entire value yeah. based on whether or not they can make this thing a success. And I yeah. do, yeah. maybe it's unhealthy, but I do like it. I like it's that exciting, too. You know? I, I would like, like to, too. I mean, I, I think, I feel like our time in Massachusetts now has been a, a lot of me like getting my strength back, to be honest, like creatively. And so I do, when I come back here, I'm like, could I do this again? Could I be back here and not feel that sort of crushing, like what you're saying? Because I did, I just did feel very, there was a claustrophobia to that. And e- even for me growing up here, I, I I had, it wasn't like, I mean, on one hand, I felt comfortable sort of going into the business or whatever, but I still felt all the insecurities of like, someone knows how to open these doors that I don't know how to open. And Mm. they just know because they're, you know, confident or they're, I don't know, they just knew something I didn't know. So it's funny, even growing up sort of in the business a bit, you still have the same insecurities. And even now thinking, wait, what do I audition? Do I want to be a working actor or wait for some sort of like just once in every 10 years do a bigger part in an indie movie or mm. something or, you know, just but you're actually inspired by. Yeah. You know. Like what it like just rethinking all of that stuff, too. But it's it's uh, I mean, I'm sure I have an ease with it all having grown up here, but it's the the sort of pressure or insecurities. I don't even know what pressure. Means, but you know what's but, nice about it? Like, yes, there is that there is the comparison that makes you sometimes feel of less value than you actually are. But there's also a right-sizedness that comes from being in a place like LA or New York because you are, quote-unquote, competing against the best. And you do have to kind of accept your... I I find this... I, I actually always remember, Lou, we saw each other at a party... It was me, you, and Brian Bell from Weezer talking at a party in Silver Lake once years ago. Okay. And, um, <laughs> and I do remember you saying something that I, I use this phrase all the time. And this was before Weezer's big resurgence into mm-hmm. being a legitimate arena rock band, which yeah. they are now. They were sort of in their post-Pinkerton, you know. Mm-hmm. And you said, you, you said, you know, you were talking about something and you said, you know, like the three of us, we're all moderately successful musicians. <laughs> I love that phrase. I use, I still use that all the time because there was a humility to it that when you're living in a small town, or, you know, the big fish in the small pond thing, you can pump yourself up. Mm. But in LA, you're like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta kind of know my place in the food chain a little bit more. That sounded yeah. moderately successful. Sounds really good to yeah, me, yeah. though. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's what I good. really loved about LA and the people that I met here is how hard everybody worked. On any level, like when when I would when I realized that I had a practice space next to the Circle Jerks, you know, and I would hear Keith Morris singing to a drum, so I'm like, everybody's just working, and the Melvins in, for, in particular, um, who really lived and worked in Los Angeles and still do, but who, these guys were just, I mean, there are so many other people working. You don't have to compare yourself to the big thing. You just, do, but I love how bands practiced. I loved how nobody really had any ambivalence about what they were doing. Whereas in Massachusetts, there is always this, people really do want to emphasize, at least in my, the people that I know, in my, they want to be one foot in and one foot out. And generally the people that I did meet in Boston who, who were both feet in, they ended up here. And I, that's, it's so, and I mean, and Adele knows people from the Twin Cities as well, who were yeah. both foot in and where did they end up? They ended up here yeah. and they, and everyone finds their level within this, this, cause there are so many place, places to slot in. And Adele likes to say this about just economically in this city as well, as people can live 
but there is a great span of income levels that you can live at and do well and and have a life. And so when we come here and we go to Vons and people look at us in the eye and go, hi, how you doing? Or do you need any help? And we're like, I mean, there is. It's kind of jarring. It's kind of jarring. I've, I've lost that, you know, familiar, like, whoa, people are going to talk to me here. I mean, <laughs> it's really wild. And they're going to actually say, excuse me, when they pass me with their shopping cart, <laughs> instead of just yeah, we, glaring at me oh and expecting God. me to read their mind or like, get out of my way. Yeah, like our appreciation of Los Angeles really is like, it's a very personal thing for yeah. us. And it's, and uh yeah, that's all, I guess that's all I can say. You guys, are, you guys are way too emotionally articulate to be in Massachusetts <laughs> too, aren't you? Isn't the classic like I picture like that emotionally a little I more think, shut down well, the vibe or no? You could no, say that. that's a stereotype. I think, no, that, I think that's a very fair stereotype. Ben and I think that you're you're right. Except um, everyone we know is a therapist. <laughs> well, they literally yes, <laughs> but um, no, that's but yeah, they just tell their therapist. They don't tell their friends or their family and. You're right. People are more closed. And that was very uh, difficult for me moving into that environment. Like Minnesota, we were really friendly there. I know it's kind of, again, a stereotype about Minnesotans being Minnesota nice, but we are Minnesota nice. We just are. And I'm not like cool in the sense that I'm too cool to be nice to someone. I'm just I'm just a friendly person, you know, and um, and so then moving to Los Angeles was actually pretty easy for me because I found people to also just be pretty friendly and outgoing and then moving to Massachusetts I'd say hi you know at pickup or something at school and people just look at me like oh god who is this eager <laughs> bitch like why is she saying hi to me and I'm like I don't know I'm alone and I don't know what I'm doing and just fucking say hi to me you know and please um but it's taken a long time but I have to say um now I do have very very nice close um, mom friends mostly, you know, but I really lean on them a lot. And they've, um, it's been, it's been an enriching part of my life. It's just been a different experience. I mean, I'm thinking about like before kids, when I was kind of a spacey teen or 20 year old person, I was very in my room a lot, just want, want or when I moved out, just wandering around wherever I was living, you know, and then I had that room to like paint or, whatever, play records or move my furniture around or something. And I'm kind of, it sounds nice in a way that you, you know, you took that time to go internal and just even having kids and I don't know, taking these chunks of time to sort of, cause I was thinking, how do I do it now where you get that space to, you know, have these ideas come and, mm-hmm. you know, when you're not like I'm like bopping around all the time, but you know, I don't know. Yeah, but you're pretty, you're pretty, extroverted in the sense that you have a dynamic social life and be, you know being in of LA this guy because yeah. before well I lived here for so many years I knew like one neighbor because I'm kind of for example going to the grocery store or whatever uh, one day I can't even look anyone in the eye I'm just feeling so internal mm. but some days I'm like bubbly and like hi so hi, da, da, da. Mm. like you know just talking away but when we got together now I know which I love so many people on my block, if you can call mm. this hill a block. Because I say hi to everybody. And you yeah. say hi to everybody. But I <laughs> I wanted to have more friends because I can hole up in my marriage, you know, and just have, you know, maybe some mom friends and a couple of old friends. 
but with Ben, I want to, I wanted to have some other friends. So also for poor Ben, I don't lean on him all the time, (laughs) but uh, it's starting to, it started to happen. It is. It is. I was the, the, the podcast you guys do is, it's one thing I want to talk about, but I also want to talk about just like your guys larger vision of the Barlow family general store, Mm. (laughs) because I see it as part of like, you guys actually have a cottage industry in the most, practical sense like you guys make things and you're figuring out how to sell them and sustain yourself but i love the way you've encompassed it into this sort of brand and vision and so i don't know just you want to talk about that a little thank you um it's it's largely adele's idea but i think we 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 we're really struck we're striving for independence yeah because there are so many things that i do rely on like i rely on dinosaur jr which is a fantastic thing to be it's such a incredible weird thing to be a part of it's such so much a part of my life but i do want to be independent and um and i do really want to work with my wife i I want (laughs) just i that makes i've i've always wanted my friendships to be where my where my where i how i survive i've always wanted my bands to be far more like these little brotherhoods than they turned out to be and i've always wanted to i've wanted the love to become something that could sustain itself. And Adele is someone that I've met that I realized that's a possibility. And when we, we got to, when we got together, we immediately just enmeshed our lives and took on great challenges, you know, and what did the therapist friends say about that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Lou's sister, Abby is a therapist and she just recently texted me the sweet message saying that uh, she thinks the podcast is like therapy for us. And it, it is for us. I mean, that, I agree. We, yeah. I've been saying this probably too much, but it really is for us. Like it's, it's kind of, it's a way for us to focus our weeks and our days. And it works for me because I love sound and I love oh, your sound design is so and it's fun so, to listen to. I love also. that too. And it's evolved. Yeah. But I, I knew that when we had this, I'm like, I'm going to let this evolve. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to start, I'm going to start harsh and like dumb. And like, I, that's the, like the very first sort of scene of our podcast is everything literally falling down. Cause it did. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm just going to leave it. And we're yeah. just going to, we're going to see if I can start to put things together and maybe, and let it slowly evolve. And, um, I don't know, and Adele. I, I just. I sorry. I'm, Can I say one of my <laughs> one of my together. one of my favorite things about? Um, I think it's I've been on the music episodes, but it may be when you were doing the jingles too. There was like two or three times where you were la- about to launch into a story that was so juicy. Like one, you had one about Jay and one about something else. Where I was like, "Oh my god, he's about to like." Yeah. And then it was like five. <laughs> that up. Oh that. It's, yeah, that timer really it's like helps what a us tease. Reel us in. <laughs> together we're we'll together. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ioni, I was going to say this is, I wanted to circle back to what you were saying really quick about when you were talking about when you go to the grocery store and I'm just sitting here looking at you and listening to you and I'm like, you know why you're like that? I mean, 
you're just a woman who contains multitudes. You're many things, you know, you're sometimes you're outgoing and, you know, and you can hear it too. When you listen to your podcast, you can hear all these different aspects of your personality come out where, you know, yeah, sometimes you're obviously feeling more social and you guys will have parties and you can hear this kind of like childlike giddiness in your voice almost when you're describing it. And like, you're really an observer. And that comes through listening to your podcast as you are watching things and you're observing things. And I think sometimes maybe you just need a little quiet time. So sometimes you're shy at the store and sometimes you want to like open up your flower and show them your shine. Oh, thanks you know? for saying that. Yeah, I think for the the podcast, one of the big gifts that has come out of it is for for our podcast is people getting to know Ione's mm-hmm. personality more because because you're a little more uh, quiet or a little more shy. People appreciate Definitely. you, but they didn't get to know how your mind works, and I think yeah. that is just such a joy. And podcasting does that's the punk rock part of it that it's given people the tools to create a direct channel to the audience and to share sides of the psyche that had previously been quite hidden. Mm, Oh, absolutely. Well, and this is almost like kind of getting to see inside someone's little private world or like reading her diary or something. It's like, oh, wow, I'm listening to you kind of go through your train of thoughts. And that's so personal. And that's such a gift. And I, I love that about this medium of podcasts. I think it's so personal and intimate. And you do get to hear people, um, if they give themselves that way, being their most authentic. And that's the ones that I'm most drawn to. Mm. Yeah, same. Um, and then also I wanted to say about the Barlow Family General Store, Ben. Um, Great name. <laughs> well, One of my favorite general stores currently. It better open. be. Yeah, yeah. Um, is I... I have like a long time childhood love of general stores. And I think it's based off of when I was little, I loved watching Little House on the Prairie. Oh my God, I thought you were going to say that. And I I can't tell you how deeply, I mean, I know there's a a world of people who love that, but I am in it. I am one of those. I really, really was like, I wanted to skip over the field with my braids and my bonnet to go to the store and to get my candy and to see that big sack of flour. And And what's the name of the pattern they always had? Calico. Yes, calico. They were always buying, you know, a yard or whatever. Absolutely gorgeous calico. calico. And that works for me because I've always wanted to take those things, those 70s nostalgia and... I don't know if perverted is the right word, but to just add this like, I think perverted is the exactly right word. At any point, at any point, this is just going to break apart into this psychedelic nonsense. I love that. Like my, my, my desire to take those kind of those child, even, even the name Sebado, my band, it's like sort of taken off of Play-Doh, you know? So it's like, I've always wanted to take Sesame Street, those, those placid moments of the seventies that I experienced, but just sort of, uh, I don't know, somehow pair it with like how you're entering this adulthood and how things are splintering. I mean, yeah, at one yeah. at one time and then also coming together, you know, yeah, as, yeah. as you're, you're trying to find this, this order and really what becomes chaos because the more that you know, the more that you realize is out of your control. Mm. There's something in there, but like I do, and Adele and I and her wanting to work with me creatively because I find her a very, I mean, I don't know, we have a very... I, it, our relationship is extremely raw. That's that's and very uh, and our sensibilities. That's are, my impression. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, and uh, 
Uh, I again, I can't go any further because I'm going to start saying like way too many times. That's the thing about the podcast. It's, 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 really, it's, it's, it's really making me listen yes. to my own voice, you which know, is my gosh. also humbling. I think also with collaboration um, and marriage, which, you know, partnership, which is a collaboration, finding that space where the Venn diagram overlaps. Yeah. Because I think if I often think of our whole aesthetic of what we do if you were solely in charge of it or if I was solely in charge of it, it would be quite different. Like Ione is a much more refined, like she looked at the uh, How Long Gone, uh, their album, uh, their their podcast artwork. She was like, oh, theirs is so chic. Like, whereas <laughs> uh, my impulse is more to like playful punk, you know, Pee Wee's Playhouse type kind of <laughs> yeah. vibe. So yeah. I think I think just think the, the, the joy of collaboration is finding the overlap mm-hmm. and going, where can we both live and occupy I had an idea. I'm just brainstorming. Um, I think we should plan another trip where you guys come out and we should set up a pop-up yes. Barlow Family General <laughs> store. Oh, I love and we that. And yeah. we could do it here. I would love that. And you can have, have – and, and, and maybe we do a gig as part of it, but just make it like a whole physical – because I think I love all these virtual experiences and everything and being in the podcast world, but I do love the – formalizing it and materializing it even for brief moments so that could be a fun thing to plan for later I down the year i love that idea so an afternoon so kind of thing where come pop yes. into the barlow family that general store so fun. and they like can buy dream. your stuff well, and they can have some yes. music and, and can and i maybe dress live- like little hots in the prairie yes, they have, you have to you have to come in cottage core clothes and <laughs> and also maybe um maybe we even do like a live pod taping that would or be something so like that. It's it's funny, the whole thing. That yeah. sort of dovetails with you're, what you're in my head. Good, well, good. We, we, and Goldie can babysit the kids. <laughs> yeah, <Yes. Yes. laughs> sorry. Well, we're, exactly. we're, we're, most of what I have to. This is sort of an interesting year for me because I don't really. My normal job is not really happening, so um, I do have to do these solo shows that I do. And Adele and Izzy were going to come with me on the. <laughs> we're going to plan one for what in early or in June into June. I have to do these solo shows yeah. that I you know. They're house shows, basically. And Adele, Adele and Izzy are going to come with me. We're going to call it the Barlow Family General Tour. Amazing. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. The brand is strong. So what, what, what you're speaking of, it's almost like when you you had messaged me about, oh, you should collect the songs that you're working on, on into a record. And it's like, that's all we're doing, man. Yeah, it's beautiful because it's, it's like, I feel like when you're in a creative flow, the next steps are sort of always obvious. And you don't need to know much beyond the next step. Like, you just do that. And then that will suggest what happens after that. Yeah. I'm going to go back home and do some more. I feel like we're starting to get a good method going with it, you know. I yeah. Think, um, we did a pat. We did like a bunch of episodes before we left. And I think within that, because we had to really push it and it seemed really unlikely that I was going to be able to do it. I'm like, oh my God, we're going to miss a week. Which I was like, t- which really terrified me. Like woke me up. Like, if we miss a week, it's all gone. All of the momentum shall be lost. Because <laughs> I like to think that way in the middle of the night, as we all do. But I, um, but I don't know. I think we had like. So I, I just can't wait to get back home and have another. I think I'll have another month before I have to really start running. And then when we start running, I think Adele and Izzy are going to run with me yeah. <laughs> in the minivan. We're going to get. We're going to yeah. put the minivan in, like at a little, get our PA and make a bunch of. 100% polyester t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like I put them on I, I put them on when I need to lose a little weight. There you go. I'm like I need sweat a good sweat. Give me that Lubalo skull shirt. <laughs> Although, oh my god. Yeah, I don't know. We I love it though. Um, yeah. I'll bring some stuff. I'll make some stuff and um 
I think it'll be really fun. Maybe Izzy will, she'll be seven by then. So maybe she'll be manning the the booth with me and we'll sell some goods. Oh, oh look, for sure fun. seven is time to get to work. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're lowering child labor laws no, through little, the South. Have you been hearing that? That's right, yeah. Little <laughs> House on the Prairie days. Yeah. I know, exactly. She's going to work in the general store. Kids, kids love that. I, I think the music, because when you guys started doing the pod, I had no idea that it was going to have so much of your mu- new songs and everything. And as a fan, for me, that is hearing things in real time, like right after you've done them, sharing them from like when you love a songwriter it is it's such a privileged space like i think the people that are on the journey with you of listening to the pods every week are just relishing it it is so so cool thanks that's what i that's what i want to do and i i do rely on a few people who want to do that with me you know i really i really uh it's such a big part of it and i and i love what it's doing to my brain and i love what it's doing to my life i love what it's doing to you as well and Seeing your creative juices flow, I honestly, he's like excited. He gets up in the morning and he's like, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to get my song of the week done. And I'm like, I also, you know, that's a self-imposed thing. You don't you know have what I really to do like? that, but he wants to do this it. This is what I really like about it. I like that I can go do something that is so like about me. I go into my little room and I don't feel guilty. Mm-hmm. It's very rare through my whole life. Yeah. Like when I go into that zone where I'm writing, I feel like... I am so happy and in that space that I've always been like looking over my shoulder, like, what am I not doing? Yeah. What needs to be done? But I, knowing that Adele is like, yeah, you go to your, you go write a song right now. I'm like, oh my God, have privilege to do the thing that I most want to do. But also, not only that, she is the audience. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm like, there's just something about it that just that just puts me together, and it does. It's almost like working. It is like a farm. It is like our little like. Mm-hmm. I'll be. At, I'm sorry. I gotta go. Oh, you know, but that's the time when the man's alone. He probably loves being on horseback. You know, like dragging the plow behind him. Michael Jewish Landon, as we called him. <laughs> in our, we, we called him that in our household because it was so rare to see a TV star who we knew was Jewish. Because mm. he was like a weird secret Jew who kind of is it. Yeah. So right. he got known in our household as Michael Jewish Landon. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, who knew this podcast, this like partner podcast would be so... I didn't. I mean, I was so excited to do one, but I didn't know what form it would give my week and my life mm. and yes. our relationship and my even other interests that I do. It's, I mean, I really did not know how good it would be to do this. It's a container, isn't it? It for, is. For it's some happening. form, some container. It's it's. Well, it's I been really this. good. Look at this, and now we're like here together, sitting across the table from one another because of the podcast. I like, and, and this I is really, that. and this is largely from Adele because she was like, "Oh, you got to listen to this podcast they do together." And because I am very fond of Ben, having met him as a, as a I'm very, very young fond kid. of Diane. A wee lad. <laughs> a wee lad. <laughs> I mean, obviously, just a wonderful spirit, and I'm very fortunate that you've actually stayed in touch with me, and uh, to just be given that. And but just just have this, like Adele had really was like this is something we should you should listen to because weirdly and I've said this before when we first got together here in Los Angeles one of the first things that she suggested we do together was a podcast that was ten years ago and I couldn't figure out exactly why she would even she has no particular like showbiz background no but she was like had this intuition that us speaking was something that we should follow up on. 
Well, yeah, I I couldn't, you know, and I I couldn't at the time because of the work involved, and also our life was absolutely crazy. So, yeah, but it was strange though. But I don't know. I was just intrigued by it. Well, there's something. I think of it as even like what made me want to paint or do anything. You just you it, it's like you, i guess you can go back and think well it was because i liked paintings but not really it just sometimes you know that you might it's not even i don't want to say be good at something but certain things you just know you kind of want to do and and you might not even know why like why you want to knit crochet both yeah i don't know why or i want to do that knit. actually i know i do both, both. yeah yeah, yeah. I could talk your ear okay, off about sorry. that. Okay, sorry. This yeah. will be a whole... I'm sure there are... <laughs> bonus pod- app, bonus app. I think there are podcasts about could, this world, too. It might be our next get-together. We'll, yeah. we'll keep... Are you guys going to come out to Massachusetts and see us? <laughs> no one. Field? Uh? No one will... No when winter warms up. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, guys, uh, please, everyone, tune in to Roy Impressions Podcast. I'll put the link in the show notes, and it's an amazing... There are two episodes a week. One's Lou and Adele chatting as they're doing now and another one is based around the music that Lou does that week and they're both just fabulous it's like part of my week and I love and I feel very honored that you guys are you know doing this within our umbrella and it's just very it's been a beautiful beautiful thing thanks for empowering us to do that yeah, thank you. Right on. You guys want to? You guys want to shout out to the beautiful babies to wrap this one up? Oh, shout <laughs> out, beautiful babies! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.